Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. Just give God praise where you are. Hallelujah, we thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. Got so much to be thankful for, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you've been so good. Hallelujah. I just thank God because he's been good to me. And, and when you think about the goodness of God, even when you're in tough situations, he's still been good. I mean, I was, we just had a, a winter snowstorm and I was dumb enough, well I wasn't dumb because I was trying to take care of family, but I went out in my car that I just bought, just paid the note off, just boom. You know how someone said, it's mine, it's mine. And then the sleet came down and I'm riding into the storm and all of a sudden my little car goes out of nowhere spinning in a 360. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, Lord Jesus, I'm only going like 35 miles an hour, but I'm spinning and I'm spinning and I'm calling on Jesus. And it came to come out, I hit the side of the banister and tore the whole front of the car off. I mean, the hood was just hanging by a hinge, and I walked out of that. And then I'm watching someone else swerve towards me because they're starting to lose control because the roads were just bad. And the devil tried to T-neck me while I was in the car. And I just called on Jesus, and I said, Jesus. And I watched my angels basically push that car out and push it out the way. I might have lost the car, but I didn't lose my life because there's a purpose. So you look at this grown man up here crying while he's giving God praise because men worship and when you realize how good God is it's okay to let the tears come out yeah. think about the times that he kept you and he saved you and he he delivered you from a situation that you didn't know that you even needed to be delivered from God is faithful. God is faithful. Just look where you are now and say, I'm alive. God is faithful. And when we can get to praise God in the hardest situations, praise God in the little situations, praise God in the... He said, let everything that has breath praise me because if you just realize what I'm doing just to keep you alive. But he's not doing it just to be doing it, he's doing it because there's a purpose for your life. He's doing it because he says, I have plans for you. And you're like, how are you gonna have plans when I'm in this city? You're not going, I keep on saying this, and you guys that have been here with me know I'm always gonna say, I always say this, this is only temporary. There is a purpose that God has designed for your life. He has called you out in a situation right now so he can say that I want you to do a wake-up call so that you realize that you're not here by chance. He knew that we were all going to be having this conversation on this very day to have a life-or-death wake-up call where you sat there and said, I almost lost 
my life, but I'm here and I don't even know why. I could have caught the case to go to another level and I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. How many of you could have been dead and not here right now? How many of you know that there was a war on your life? You know that there was a mark on your life and you are here today. It's one way when you don't know somebody's after you. It's one way when you know that, the, that, that death was supposed to be at your door and yet you're still standing here. And you know what? God loves you enough to bring you here to hear a message that says not only does he have a purpose for you, that there's a love that's there to hold you through the purpose. You're not here by accident. God has a plan for you. Now, those of us who keep on coming to these services, you keep on we try to show you that we are not just mere Christianity. This is not just a mere, when we say that we're having church and we're here, we're Christians and we're talking about lifting up the name of Jesus, we are not the church that's the status quo. We're not the church that you heard of that's going to sit there and tell you about all the, don't do this, don't do this, you just look just sinful. How many of us have been to churches where they just looked at what you did more than who you are? And if you really shine the light on their life, you find out that they're just as ate up and junky as you are, but they're judging you for the sin. God has not called for us to be hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is one, a person that says they're one way, and then when they walk out the door, they're another. And about 80, I don't want to say a percentage because I don't want to get in trouble, but a lot of the people that are sitting in church talking to you about their sin and not telling you that they're struggling on their own. That's not the Christianity I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Christ that came and knew that you were going to be in your filthiness. And he said, though a righteous man falls seven times, what does he do? He gets back up. So what you're going to hear a lot about the gospel that we talk about on a week-to-week -week basis, and that you're going to hear the different men and women of God that are going to come in here and encourage you. What we're going to talk about you is that you've got to change not your behavior, but how many of you we've talked about we have to change what? And you know what? We keep on saying, why does he keep on talking the same thing every time we see him? Because the Bible says in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So say that. Faith comes by hearing. Oh, uh, no, y'all got to work with me. Faith comes by hearing. See, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to have you say some things back to me and we're going to go back and forth. So say faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That means you got to hear it, and then you got to hear it again until it gets down on the inside, and then you start to believe that this message that we come here and we're teaching you on a month-to-month -month basis is coming in. What the goal is is for us to get Christ on the inside of you, that when you come in, and not when you leave this place, but while you're still in this place, you're going to make a change in the place that you're in. I'm speaking to mighty men and women of God that are powerful now. You're not powerful after you get out your red and your yellow and your blue and your orange suits. 
When are you powerful? Well, that's if, if, if you got the right backing. Because right now you're just in a suit. But when you realize that Christ came so that he can step on the inside of you and restore partnership with you, right now you're just a suit. That's amazing. I'm not, I'm not in my message, but I, I feel like I gotta talk about the suit today. Is that all right if I leave that around? Is that all right? All right. Right now, y'all just walk in suits. If you don't have Christ on the inside of you, the partnership is broken. When Adam and Eve messed up, what happened was God gave dominion to man. He said, I want you to rule down here like I rule up there. What did Christ say? As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. So when he created everything, what did he do? He made Adam. And he made Adam out of nothing. He made Adam. And he said, okay, I give you dominion. And when he was talking to Adam, he was already talking to Eve. Because he already had Eve in mind. But he said, I give you dominion. What does dominion mean? I reign. I rule. Crack doesn't reign you. You're supposed to reign over the substance. The addictions don't reign you. You're supposed to be able to stand over the addiction. But that's when you're tied to the connection and you, you have the original power circuit that you're, you're plugged into. So when Adam and Eve fell, what happened was they got disconnected from the power source. And man was left without the power source. And every now and then they would feel an inkling of the spirit. Every now and then God would deliver them out of a situation. But he was still not connected to the source. Is that making it plain? I don't know they said, because I, I wanted to, if I make it plain, I make it plain, that's salvation. Why do I need a savior? I need a savior because right now I'm living life with the little limited battery pack. You know when you get a cell phone, they give you a phone with just enough energy to live, right? Enough energy so that you can dial a call, but what do they tell you to do? You need to plug that phone up. You gotta charge that phone up. Just like that, the manufacturer from heaven, he said, you're supposed to be connected to me, and if you're connected to me, you can do great things. But because you were separated, and there's a separation between God and man, he says, now you're only limited to a life cell. You can do a little bit. Because he said, without God, you can do So what's been going on is we've been living our lives. If you don't know Christ, you've been living your life and not even knowing that you've been living life on half energy, half provision, half of deliverance that you worked your way through. And my call today is to know that you have a connection. That's the point one. 
is that you have to get connected. And the reason why you have to get connected is because all of creation is waiting for you to get your right life back. The Bible says in Romans that creation is groaning and waiting for the sons of God to get into their place. Why? Because we're supposed to be ruling. We're supposed to be reigning. We've been called to be kings and priests. In your kings, you rule. This is not just an Africa thing. Kings. This is not just an African thing. We're called kings and priests. We were called kings and priests before that. And what God wants to do is restore you back to rulership. That you have dominion. Why? Because your household has the ability to affect anybody that's around you. Do you believe that? It's affecting people that surround you now. The fact that you have, you're here and your family is affected because you're here. Wherever you go, people are impacted, right? So we got to get you back connected that you know one that God wants to save you and he saved you for a reason. But I need to clear up that salvation thing first. Because when you get to understand that salvation has nothing to do with you and all to do with him. Right? Because what has the church did? They've taken the action of living the Christian life and they've tied it to salvation. Well, to be saved, you they used to go say, well, you, to be saved, you can't go to the movies. That was old school. They say, well, well, well to, to be saved, you can't dance. To be saved, you can't have an appreciation of music. You gotta listen to all that hand clapping foot stuff, and then you gotta listen to Jesus. You, you know how grandma used to have the family radio on all the time? So they said that was saved. And what they did was they put salvation to an action. And if you put salvation to an action, you will never, ever, ever, ever be good enough. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because how many of us seen people do that? They put salvation to an action. They say, in order for to get to heaven, you gotta do this, 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 you gotta walk up right, you gotta be this. And I'm saying, not saying that, he's like, watch out, preacher. I'm not saying that you don't have to live right. Because that's, that's not, but that's not salvation. Salvation is what? Jesus putting the power back on and restoring the covenant and report restoring the power you acting right is nothing but you living and walking under your family name how many of y'all got i don't want to say gang code but if you're in a situation part of the city and you know you have to walk a certain way you got to talk a certain way you live that language you look that way you know when you go to a job interview what happens you look a certain way you go a certain way am i right same thing with heaven so once you become a saved person, you don't start to think like the world thinks. So when you start to think about relationships, you don't think that I'm going for my next booty call because what? That's not the way that God thinks. You want to line up with the person that saved you. You don't want to be, um, what's the cord that we have in the United States when we plug it into the wall? AC? And then what's the English way? Is that DC? 
Okay, so if you try to take your, yeah, you try to take your plug and go over to your, if you don't have a special connection, it's not going to work. Why? Because it's not made by the manufacturer. It's not designed to work that way. So when we say, hey, I ain't doing drugs, one, because it's harming my body, two, I want to represent Christ. But I'm not doing it because of what Christ did. Is that right? Am I saying that right? I'm not doing it because I'm saved. I'm doing it because this is what God says looks like him. So it's not based off your action, it's based off of two things. I'm going to give you scripture because now i got to open up the Bible. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. But it is a gift from God. So if you don't know what a few of those words is, that doesn't just mean all you heard was faith and grace. But what is grace? This is important. Grace is the empowering presence of God to do what you're called to do, be what you're called to be, and have what you're have, called to have. So do what you're called to do. Say, do what you're called to do. Have what you're supposed to have. Be what you're supposed to be. So it's by the grace of God that comes to you and connects to you that does what? It makes you able to do what you're supposed to do. So that means you have grace to be saved. So you can live right because you've been graced to do it. By faith. What does faith mean? I'm going to teach you what faith means. Faith is corresponding, suitable, appropriate action for what you're believing God for. Mm -hmm. Taking him at his word. So I'm going to make that easier. The right way of, let's say, the right action for what I'm believing for. That's faith. I can tell what you are believing by what you do. Is that clear? So I'm saying, I've been graced. I got faith. And it was a gift. So what does a gift mean? A gift means that if I give it to you and I have stipulations to it, is it a gift? No, that means I owe you. So he says you're saved by the empowering presence of God to do what you're called to do, have what you're called to have, and be what you're called to be. He said you've been called by faith and saved by faith. Your action, what is the only action that you have to do? You have to confess and believe. That's the only action that you have to do. Confess the Lord Jesus that, and invite him into your heart and believe that God had raised him from the dead and you are saved. That's Romans 10, 9. So that's your only action. Did it tell you about what kind of tie you had to wear? Did it tell you that you had to wear long dresses? Did it tell you that you can't talk to nobody? No. He said you had to do what? Confess and believe. And he did the work for you. When you understand that's your power connection, and now he says, I've been saved. Now what salvation is, again, going back to salvation is, God salvaged you. That's the root word of salvage. So salvage means something that was broken, like my car, it's gone. 
No, it cost more to fix my car than it was worth. I bought the car for like seven, six thousand. They say it's gonna cost ten thousand to get it fixed. So am I keeping that car? No. And that's what the world was doing for you. Because the cost of your salvation, the cost to buy you back and to get you back to connect it with God was more than you were worth. And when Jesus died, he had to give his life willingly for the sins of the world. He said, I was willing to take that on to make that connection. But he just didn't save you so that we can all go to heaven. That's not the point. The point of salvation is not for us to go to heaven and be sitting there playing the harp on the cloud. We're supposed to be here making the impact in the kingdom of God on earth. So he's called you for a purpose. And you look at yourself, and you look at yourself of where you are right now, and you're like, God called me? You look at your situation and you're like, God called me? Did he know what I did? Did he know where I came from? It's like, do you even know what I was thinking yesterday, not even 30 minutes ago? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, he knows. And he has a purpose for you. Look at your neighbor and say, who, me? Yeah. Who, me? Yeah. He's called you for a purpose. And what your job is, is to realize that purpose. And we're going to talk about that more probably in the next lesson. But I want to give you a biblical example of somebody that was close to your situation. And it's Gideon. And now, on those pieces of papers that you have, there's scriptures that, I, that I'm reading today. You can go back and look at them. But in the book of Judges, it breaks down the story of Gideon. And Gideon was in a situation right now where the people of God had fallen away from God and they were no longer hearing his voice. And what happens when you fall away from God and you disconnect from that power circuit, what happens is you end up having a power affair and then you're subject to those things that are around you. So what happened was Israel, the country that he was in, was being overtaken by the enemy. And it was overtaken by the enemy so much that every time they tried to step out their door to plant their crops, every time they would try to get the crops and the crops would grow in and harvest, so the enemy would wait for them. And what would happen was, every time the harvest grew up, the enemy would come, harvest the food from them, take their harvest, and, 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 and force them to go back into the cave. How many of you have situations in your life right now that just feels like you just can't get out? Every time you try to do the right thing, put the right seed, do the right action, the enemy comes out right before and takes your harvest away. You're trying to save your family. You're trying to do right by your kids. You're trying to do all that and then the enemy's hitting your button. And right before you give in to that spirit of anger, you blow up. And now they take the kids back again another two months. 
I'm trying. You're just trying to leave that person alone. But she or he keeps on calling. And right when you get your mind waking, they call you back. That's exactly what was happening here. But they were on a bigger level because they were getting conquered. They couldn't do nothing. And they were backed up and they, were, could do, they had to live the existence in the cave. God didn't call Israel to be in the cave. He called Israel to be ruling the promised land and living under the promise of him and under his provision. And God's provision is not one that says, I'll take it. When you are connected to him, he's trying to give you so much that you can overflow and that you can live in abundance. In the abundance of your mind, in the abundance of your soul, in the abundance of your body, in the abundance of things that come to your hand, opportunity. When you are connected to God, that's what he does. He is a God that gives you opportunities. And the enemy was coming to steal. But it wasn't like it wasn't Israel's fault. They were where they were because it was their fault, because they turned their way against God. So all they had to do, if you look at, there's a pattern in the Bible. All you have to do when you get in the mess up and you want God to answer and you know that God's answered, and you want another secret? God, I'm sorry. God, I realize I'm without you. God, I need your help. Will you forgive me? And I need your help. It's okay to tie that to there. Listen, I realized I'm backed up against the wall. God, will you forgive me? And, you know, by the way, I need your help. And that's all God was waiting for them. Our brothers that are in our class, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven and he will heal your land and forgive your sin. So he already knew the pattern. Second Chronicles 9. 714. I got I got it right, right, right. Seven, second Chronicles 714. So they already knew the biblical pattern of repentance. They said, Lord, I'm sorry. And forgive me. So God heard them and God immediately sent a prophet with the word. Now I'm in the scripture, but I want you to read it because I'm paraphrasing it. But it's in there. Check it. So he sent the prophet with the word to the nation. All right. I'm talking to y'all all right now and the prophet is talking to the nation. So the prophet's giving a word right now that is broad. So what he told them was, you're in sin. You've got to turn away and turn back to God and he'll heal you. So God will always send you a prophet to tell you what's going on. He'll send a messenger, whether it's your pastor, a teacher in the church. You'll be surprised it might be somebody sitting next to you that know the word. Boom. Hey, this is not the way it is. He'll always send you a word. And right now he's sending this whole body a word that it ain't too late. You can come back because I got a reason I got this for you. And then he sent an angel to Gideon. And what that means, he sent a word to the nation. He sent a message to the nation, but a word to Gideon. And Gideon, what that meant, what the angel said, he said, hey Gideon, 
God has called you mighty man. So he sent a broad word to the nation, but a specific word for your situation. And what he did was he called Gideon out of his situation. You know what Gideon was doing? Gideon was in survival mode. Gideon was, he was in the grain house, they called the threshing floor. And you know what he was doing? He was taking a few scraps of wheat so he can hide back in his little part of the cave and, and try to wade out the enemy. But what did I say? God didn't call you to wade out the enemy. He called Gideon and Gideon was like, Gideon, you are a mighty man of God. And if you trust me, I will use you to change this whole situation. That's pretty specific. What if God just whispered into your ear and said, I'm going to use you to not only deliver men, you're going to change their family's lives. But this brother's sitting here looking at me like, yeah, but do you know who I did? You know what I did? You know when I did it? You talking to me, Bucky? And God said, yes. God said, yes, I'll use him to do great and mighty things. I actually felt that. God is going to do great and mighty things if you are willing to be obedient to what he says to I believe that. I don't just speak things just to be speak. I'm not one of them guys that just say, oh, oh everybody in here is going to be blessed. But the Bible says you're going to be blessed. I don't have to say that. But, but that, that's for you. So he tells him, and he says, Gideon responds three different ways. Gideon responds, and he responds the same way that we respond to the situation. He responded with his situation. He responded with his status. And he responded with his view of himself. He responded with his situation. He responded with his status. And he responded with his view of himself. Again, when God says mighty man, listen, when I pray for you tonight, and when I usually pray for you during the weeks and we touch and agree, what's the one of the first things you're going to hear me say to you, men, is mighty man of God. You are mighty women of God. And you consider to say who he, I'm going to say it because faith comes by hearing and, and somebody has to keep speaking that word and telling you who you are until you see yourself in the word of God the way that God says you are. So I'm dealing with you from men of, mighty men of God's status. Even if you're not stepping up to it, I'm going to speak it until it hits your life. And that's what God was doing there. He says, do you see where I'm at? I'm a captive in my own home. Basically, I'm on house arrest. I ain't got no resources. I can't do nothing until the man tells me to do something. I can't do anything until they open the gate and tell me to step out. I can't say nothing unless they say, tell, tell me my number, whatever it is. They tell me jump, I gotta jump. But in this room, there are books that haven't been written, songs that haven't been said, 
messages that need to be taught. How many of you know that you did wrong and you know that and you know the right way of doing things now and now you don't want no one to, to follow the steps that you do you want anybody in where you are right now? No. That's one of your purposes is to make sure that nobody follows your step. Don't go back to your prospective neighborhoods and repeat the process that got you here, but you want to be able to pull people out of their situation. And, and trust God to find it. There are businesses in here, organizations in here. I'm looking at a wealthy place right here. I don't see poverty not once amongst you. What I see is lack of vision. But I don't see poverty. He says you can't start your own business and hire your brothers that come in your business. Well, nobody will hire me. Well, this is the United States of America. You can start your I got a nine-year-old on YouTube making millions of dollars putting Legos together. Who told you you can't be great? Who told you you can't be in this? If a nine-year-old can turn his telephone on and make a million dollars teaching kids about Legos, don't you think my God would do more for you if you just tap into what you're called to do? You see, when you are connected, you're connected to the promise. And the promise of God's word says, I will provide all your needs according to your riches and glory. And no matter how big it looks like, I'm bigger than the situation that you're in. Gideon was about to fight a war with thousands of people coming against him. Tens of thousands of people coming against him. And he beat them and defeated them. And the Bible says, I will use you and I will defeat them, your enemy, as if it was one man. That one man, because of his obedience to his purpose, and his call in his life took 300 other men and beat 10,000, 30,000 men behind him. So don't tell me that God can't use you the least because you're talking about you responded with your situation and now you're talking about your status. Your status, yes, you have this red mark on you. But if you connect to the power source and you walk in purpose and you will hear the steps of what God has for you, he said the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. That means he's already got the path of success for you. Joshua 1-8. Favorite scripture. But he said what you meditate on is what you become. If the man meditates on this word, what is the word? The promise. How many of you want greater? How many of you want greater than where you are right now? How many of you are fine the way you are right now? How many of you want greater than where you are right now? Let me hear it. Then you need to hold to a word that is greater than your situation. There's the law of gravity. What's the law of gravity? What comes up? must come down but when you tie it there, there, there's there's a way to beat a law is that you have to find a higher law than that law 
because there's the law called the, air, the law of what? Aerodynamics. That's how we got planes flying in the air. And the planes, they use gravity, but they're still up there, right? Because they found a higher law that connected to that principle. And now it's giving them a, a greater result. So what you have to do is find a word that's going to be higher than your situation that you're in. That he said, the scripture again that we constantly use is, he said, all things work together for my good. To those that are called according to his purpose, love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So all things work together for my good. So this situation that you're in now, it works together what? For your good. So you can't respond no longer with your status. Because he's greater than your status. And he knows your situation. But one thing God cannot do is he cannot change how you see yourself. And if you see yourself as a poverty-stricken nobody, you see yourself as I'm always going to be in this situation. You see yourself as my life is never going to change. What he does is he spends all of his time trying to show you who you are. And the thing about that is he says in Genesis 1, I gave you the mirror. He said, let us make man and let us make man what? In our image. So God is spending a lifetime trying to show you, if you can connect with me, you'll reflect me. He's spending a lifetime trying to show you. He sent Jesus, and Jesus said, if you do what I do, if you keep walking this way, you'll do what I did and greater. And the reason why was because Jesus said, I didn't do anything on my own. I did everything because he demonstrated what it lived to look like to be connected. And because he was connected, he was able to raise dead things up. Renew dead things situations. He was able to heal sickness. He was able to touch lives that changed the culture that that one man walked the earth, connected with God, and he changed the whole entire world with his teaching. And he said, if you just believe that much, I can change. What I want to tell you today, mighty men and women of God, is that there's a purpose for you, and that he salvaged you for a reason. He said, what's your name? Jeff. Jeff, what's your name? Elena. Elena? Elena? Elena. I've salvaged you, Jeff, Elena, for a purpose. Now, you have a choice to make. It's a choice that only you can make. Do I want to continue in the way that I want to go, which has given me the results that I've had? You know, there's a, a wise man said that insanity is doing the same thing 
and expecting a different result. How's your way been doing? So I put it out there and just say, how's your way been doing? I'll just be logical. How's your way doing? Today I offer you a connection. I showed you and it's in your hand the connection that you have to make. Can anybody just close your eyes? Don't worry about the person next to you. And you realize that you have not been connected. You had a form of a connection, but you, didn't, you really weren't connected to God. And you heard it, and something you heard today said, that's me. And today I want to make a change. Today I want to be connected to my God. And I want to reestablish that connection. And if that's you, just raise your hand. Don't, nobody, nobody's around you. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. Praise God. I see our hands. And that's the connection. Now that's for the people that, that's maybe that's the first time you did it. You put your hands down. Some of you in here, you knew better. And you disconnected. And you know what? He said that if you reconnect to me, you can always reconnect to me. Because if you're called by my name, all you gotta do is humble yourself, pray, seek my face, repent, and turn from your wicked ways, and he'll reconnect you. If that was you and you said, hey, I knew God, but I walked away from him, and I wanna be reconnected. If you raise your hand the first time, don't raise it. But if that's you, raise your hand. I see your hands. I see your hands. Good. I see your hands. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So what we're going to do right now, you can raise your hands, is we're going to say a prayer. We're going to say Romans 10.9. The Romans 10.9 is the scripture that's on your page. And it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we're just going to say, Father, I accept Jesus into my heart. I confess that I'm a sinner. I believe that you raised him up. I believe that he paid the price that we can be reconnected. Please save me, Father. Accept me back into the family. Empower me with your spirit. And help me to live the purpose that you've called me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's that simple. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's awesome. So, hallelujah. God is good because he loved you so much to bring you here that you can have that moment. What we're going to do now is we're going to pray. So we want to pray with you individually. So if you need prayer, how we're going to do this is men will pray with the men. And we have a female minister, Minister Emily. She's going to pray with the women. And what we're going to do is we believe that the Bible says that when we touch and agree, something happens. And when you believe and touch and agree upon his name, he moves on your behalf. So we're going to pray for you. So if you have a need, a prayer need, 
whether it's family healing in your body, you just need prayer to go to the next level for yourself, we're going to do this row by row. And then you're going to come forward and we're going to pray for you, brothers and sisters. Is that okay? If you have to come if you don't need to pray. All right? So we're going to start with that. If anyone runs from the first row, 